Bat and... Mm. Bat and Spider, episode 54. What do I say next, Chuck? I usually say a quote from somebody's review. 2021's Jacob's Wife. Um... friend of the show do, do, do i have to keep saying friend of the show How, what else can i say i mean is that okay to say friend of the show art says yeah yeah it's fine okay all right thanks chuck friend of the show <laughs> art is mundanity is, is mundanity mundanity the vampirism of the soul what? and this and much, much more on the following episode of Bat and Spider. Oh, Chuck, I went on vacation and uh, boy, oh boy, I went to bed earlier every night than I do normally. I guess that's good. No, it's great. I mean, that's the best. I feel like that's what happens to me when I go on vacations. I actually go to sleep because I'm just like yeah. doing activities, having fun. Yeah. I was, you know, getting up, walking outside, coming inside, yeah. you know, is murder i was trying to nail down some good old-fashioned and original daiquiri recipes i wow. was doing that the first half of my trip and uh boy oh boy what else what's a daiquiri I, um, is that like a is that a smoothie with alcohol well that's what that's turned into from the tgi uh, fridays okay but the original daiquiri chuck yeah. let me take you on a little tour oh, please the original daiquiri was uh originated in cuba where the town of daiquiri was a a a mining town or it was like a sugarcane town one of those two things and the workers needed um to stay refreshed basically and drunk and and drunk and (laughs) what they what the uh you know the the foreman or whoever ended up doing was because they couldn't take, I don't know, they couldn't take water down in the mine. I don't know what, you know, this is all lore yeah. handed down, but uh, the Bacardi, it was, at, this is like one of the original, side note here, this is like one of the uh, only cocktail recipes where they know the exact ingredients, like the exact spirit that went into it. Whoa. And it was the, it was rum from the Bacardi distillery with some sugar cane and lime juice. Mm. That's what it, that's what that's a, it. an original daiquiri is. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I tried to get in on that. So I bought some original Bacardi silver mm-hmm. and uh, fresh. I fresh squeezed some limes Beautiful. and some. I made some simple syrup. Uh huh. And it was refresh. It was refreshing. It was good. Yeah, it was very refreshing. I loved it. I love refreshing alcoholic drinks. I think they're my favorite. Like. Yeah. Gin and tonics are my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I've liked, I've, I've enjoyed mint juleps in the past because they're refreshing. Oh. Right? Yeah. 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 I like a, uh, you know, on the, along the same lines, a uh, mojito. Mm. Boy. Mo- you mojito. get a good mojito. Yeah. You're just, uh, you're on, <laughs> on cloud nine. A thirst is quenched and then some. Thirst is quenched. Yeah. Boy, what else? I uh, I edited a little bit because I promised myself I would edit the podcast before I left for vacation, Chuck. Well, you <laughs> I know wonder, I, didn't I wonder do that. what was happening behind the scenes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were too afraid to ask. <laughs> I was. You were you figured you would leave me alone. I didn't. Yeah, I the last thing I wanted to do was 
breathe down anyone's neck. That's not who I want to. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. That's not what I want the show to be about. No, no breathy necks. Told myself I would edit the podcast before I left for vacation, uh, and then I would just you know publish it for a week later. Well, guess what happens when Dale doesn't have to do anything for a whole week? <laughs> guess what happens when the deadline Dale has to meet isn't for f- seven nights? Well, then Dale puts it off. Well, like Gar, I'm like Garfield. You've got a daiquiri recipe to perfect. You know. <laughs> I have a daiquiri recipe to perfect. Priorities right. here. With the, uh, you know, pulling the, whatever gla- cruddy glasses, this old house rental that we have, we, we <laughs> oh, rented God. with like smudges all over the glasses and, uh, you know, God oh. knows what else. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like MacGyver just trying to muddle together tools in the kitchen from oh. whatever there was. Do you ever think about like, like you always see that on like, I mean, you see it in bars. I haven't been in a bar and feels like years, but. Yeah. But like the like they they dry the glasses and then you know wipe off any smudges, right? They always do yeah, that. And I'm all, they do. And now that I my glasses wear, I like just think about all the grease on my glasses that I'm constantly wiping off and then I think about those guys like do I want to drink out of those glasses? Like I'd much rather go into a dishwasher, be sterilized and then yeah. Maybe someone touched yeah. it putting it back on the shelf or whatever, you know, the outside. Same vibes. I don't. I don't want a, a bartender, a, a gross bartender, sticking his rag in there. You know. I know. He's after you know? he's just been sopping up the bar with it. Ugh. No yeah. thanks. Yeah. It really makes you think. I actually, it's funny you're talking about old, disgusting glassware. Because the other night I made myself a, a sleepy time tea, from, uh, before bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I must have been tired because I grabbed this mug that. I guess we hadn't used in a year and I realized it had like, you know, like, uh, like grease from the stove, you know, like on the handle and it was like all sticky, you know? And I was like, I was drinking out of it. I was like, Oh God, this is awful. (laughs) What did I do? Oh man. There's nothing worse than me. I have to wash hands that I just lotioned. (laughs) You want to set me off. mm -hmm. I'm that way with my Vaseline on my lips. Yeah. You know? Yep. I always, I always Vaseline and then I'm like, oh, sh- I got to brush my teeth and yep. wash my face and then I got to reapply. Yep. And then my cat mm-hmm. knocks my Vaseline down off my uh, side table. Then you got to go fishing for it. Yeah. It goes all the way under the bed. Mm. Got to put my flashlight on my, 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 my phone to find it. Right. You do that like fatty grunt as you lean over. <laughs> <laughs> I am in my late thirties. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God, it's good to be back though. I need this. Yeah. Need this. This is what we need, Chuck. Yeah. You know, this is what we need. This is what I need. Oh yeah. We had a great weekend though. We um we uh we did a little live watch for the uh the, the new season of uh The Last Drive In, right? Joe Bob Briggs That's from right. Darcy. Yeah. Yeah, what did they watch? They watched uh Mother's Day from nineteen eighty and then House by the Cemetery of Fulci. I'm like super I realize I I mean, I knew this, but, but I'm super unfamiliar with Fulci. I mean, like, I know him. He's legendary and, you know, like, zombie. I've, I've seen clips of, but... Yeah. I just haven't seen many of his movies. Um, and I'm not sure this one convinced me to see more, but I am my interest yeah. has peaked, I think. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I can... Uh, so, the... the, the was it? The Watch Party? The Watch Party was amazing. I didn't make the first movie. I was... But pretty proud of myself i managed yeah. to uh to attend the second one 
and it was fantastic, guys. We have so much fun during that time. We're just we're trying to hang in there because the second movie of, of Flash Drive-In <laughs> starts at what twelve thirty, twelve God. twelve a.m. Yeah. something like that, and uh, it feels like we were hanging goes, for yeah from like nine. Yeah, it starts at nine p.m. and then goes to like two two a.m. I think. So. Yeah, it's like two 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 a.m. and. Uh, we had such a blast and House by the Cemetery. Yes, I, I this past year I caught up with a bunch of Fulci. Uh, I hadn't watched anything from him. Uh, um, really, I think I watched some Zombie back in the day. Yeah. So I rewatched a bunch, and this is this definitely stands out as not what, um, not not the kind of movie that I was used to after watching oh, really? more over the past year. Interesting. Um, other than the. The you know the the legit like gore effects at the at the end of the movie yeah 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 that was and, yeah and all that the stuff killing. yeah yeah with like oh yeah that was disgusting with the monster in the um it looked like feces with maggots in it coming pouring out of a, the hole in his torso <laughs> oh man oh boy <laughs> I think I don't know who it was someone in in the chat said that was like that's the trademark Fulci thing <laughs> the maggots <laughs> oh. I think the one Chuck that I would maybe recommend you watch is the beyond the beyond. Oh yeah. That poster. I love that poster. It's so, it's so beautiful. If it's the one I'm thinking of. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Dale, he's got a movie called the devil's honey from 1986. Oh, I gotta say this poster is sexual in nature. Okay. Watch a listing it <laughs> sight unseen. <laughs> The Devil's Honey. That is a great name. Awesome. Should we get into the feature of the week, my friend Dale? Yeah, this episode we feature is brand new movie. Just came out on April 16th. Jacob's Wife starring uh, Larry Fessenden and Barbara Crampton directed by Travis Stevens. Chuck, what is Jacob's Wife about? Ann Fetter is the wife of a minister. And she's feeling the weight of 40 years of playing shadow to her husband when she is attacked by a vampire. And this vampire wants her to be free of her marital reins and blossom. But Anne's loyalty to her husband doesn't make that choice so simple. Dale, let's sit down and talk about Jacob's wife. It's weird. It's really because I'm, I don't know. I, I almost don't know how to like take it in and talk about it. Cause like, I feel like all the movies we watch, you know, they're well into some historical context that we sort of understand watching them. Yeah. Um, so it's hard, it's hard to know, you know, without, you know, that years of perspective, like understanding what people were going for, what type of movie this is, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So. I, I hope Perfect. the listeners will enjoy this little experiment. It did make me think about how, about special effects. And like, I've thought about this many times before watching newer movies, like with cheap uh, CGI. Like we probably talked about this with Verotica. And it's like, mm. at what point, like does cheap CGI, like will that start to feel like, will we start to look at that? Like, like we do bad practical effects like from the 70s or 80s you know watching like giallo movies with like ridiculously dumb looking practical effects that we we think is really cool <laughs> but maybe at the time if we saw it at the time we'd probably been like man this is low budget garbage you know this looks stupid <laughs> doesn't look real yeah. but to, but to like 
having that filter of time and we have that, you know, we like that kind of garbage. Like, will that work with bad CGI? Like this, this movie only has a little, it has like some of the rats I think are like CGI, but it does have a, a nice mixture of practical effects. I think like, um, yeah, there's a lot of blood being thrown around. <laughs> I think the nice. practical effects are really well done, but yeah. yeah, that's a good question about the bad CGI. Will we be able to uh, look past that and, and see what this, what the, it's trying to accomplish for the story? Yeah. Yeah. Or will we like, I mean, like, will we like, like in 30 years, will we look at it and enjoy it for its badness? You know, like we do other stuff, you know, it'll be, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I think you liked his movie a little more than I did. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll put that on the table. Um, Because I think, I think what, it feels like there's maybe two movies here or like two, two themes they were going for one felt like a very serious sort of indie drama movie um, about this woman and this marriage that she's feeling kind of trapped in. And um, like they do a lot of stuff where her husband, the, the, the minister, you know, he's always like talking over her. Um, You know, she doesn't like get her thoughts out and stuff. (laughs) Um, So it, it feels like, Oh, he's, he's a bit overbearing, you know, there's no like, you know, there's no like abuse going on, but it, it's just sort of like she, you know, like I said in my description, she's like playing the shadow, like a, you know, a sort yeah. of submissive wife, you know, to a, a religious man, you know. Um, and so we, we see her at a time in her life, she's sort of like, I think coming to realize that and she's getting, you know, it's essentially a loveless marriage, which uh, well, takes an interesting turn, but but then she gets bitten by a vampire <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden it, it is like a, it's a vampire movie. Um, yeah. And I, I think I was having, I was having trouble sort of like the, the marriage between those two. I love the idea of it. I really, I like it. Um, but I was having trouble with the I think the tone shifts and there are, mm. there are some scenes where comedy comes in that, felt weird to me <laughs> mm-hmm. like i think the punk the punk rocks the punk rockers scene like the teens and the uh and the little girl who like wants them to teach her a swear word um <laughs> at the end there yeah. i mean they're funny yeah. but I, I was just like mm, what? i didn't i didn't quite get how they fit in there but did you notice any like tone d- d- were you okay with like the tone how did you feel about it all well, that's yeah, um, that's good, Chuck. Because I I can say you know for the first half of the movie or up until the there's a certain point in the movie where it, it kind of like breaks free, but the whole I feel like um the establishing of uh, the establishing sort of. Um, pacing was very awkward because it really wanted to make you feel Barbara's yeah uh, stance and the way she's been feeling about things up until the movie started filming. Like you could tell she's kind of been struggling, probably been thinking about this for a while now up until the point the in the movie started taking place. Like she's been feeling, Uh, misunderstood and she she's just missing what she used to be because of certain um circumstances in her life and what i think 
what was great was the the pacing and the editing and the awkwardness. It made it made me feel awkward in a way that um you know, they didn't have to like ram it down your throat with dialogue or something. It was just it was off-putting from the very beginning. But when the tone shifts in other parts of the movie, it kind of can't escape that in a way. I can say when it switched to the humor, I at the time I liked it. Um but oh it f- to for the overall feel, you know, like um when Larry Fessenden's like mopping up the bloody floor and yeah. um you know he's like it's 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 sir, it's effed up, you know, it's most certainly <laughs> effed up. You know, it's it's almost that's comic in a way, but by the end of the movie, you know, it's back to it's back to a minister being married to a vampire and it's uh, you know it's definitely um it's not going to be an easy road and i and I, I i like i spun off to this and you're asking me about tonal shifts but <laughs> at the at the time i liked the tonal shifts but they did um they were noticeable yeah yeah i think yeah is what I'm trying to say. Um, um, yeah, I I think like like I, I I wrote down in my notes sort of like like I love I love the feeling I um when the movie opens there's no soundtrack and it's all mm-hmm. you know it's it's doing still shots of the church that they the they run and like you hear the hum of just like fluorescent lights and there's yeah. no music at all and I really liked that that vibe they did and then it it, it kind of lost me because then you know it, it was it was all this sort of like um these humdrum scenes you know like <laughs> shots of uh of jacob brushing his teeth like really close up on his disgusting mouth you know <laughs> and like like they really like drilled it into you like the uh, uh the feeling of being married to a guy and where you know it's like a bad roommate situation where you're just like you're annoyed with this person you know like yeah. you've you've lived with them for 40 years and it's just grating on you like you've you know what whether they fell out of love or what but you know like spending day after day and they, they really did a good job of of showing that that yeah. situation <laughs> yeah they did of just like being just so over your partner <laughs> yeah um and and on the flip side of that the thing that i felt like this whole movie like comes down to her making the choice to stay in her marriage, even though she's given this opportunity to be, uh, even though it's a vampire, it's like the idea of being free, uh, you know, living a fuller life as she said. Um, but she decides to stay with, with her husband, um, cause that's important to her. And I think I didn't feel convinced that she, uh, I, I don't think I was convinced that, there was a reason for her to stay. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that at all? <laughs> you know, it, I can say that, um, the I mean, final I, third, I like the sentiment. Like, I like the idea of them staying together. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's something not, not usually a story, not usually told. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, be, sorry, go ahead. But I, I know what, I know the feeling that you're nailing down. And I, so the final third of the movie, when, um, 
the certain point is, you know, they decide, uh, Larry Fessenden, um, Jacob, and um, and they go to the house and they find out the lady died. And, yeah. um, you know, they basically steal the corpse so Anne could drain the, the body of blood <laughs> and, you know, have some dinner. Yeah. And... <laughs> And there's a there's a part around that time where they kind of um, you know uh, all things start happening where they start getting real with each other and Barbara starts and Anne starts speaking her mind and and she, it feels good and it's what she probably wanted to do twenty years ago she wanted yeah. to start speaking up but when they're smoking the joint at the dining room table to kind of like um, help Barbara cope with her her pain of being hungry. And which I I got to question the logic. Yeah, getting high to to stop stave hunger. off hunger. Just got to point that out. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was around that time that that tonally Barbara or you know I, I'm going to say Barbara. Just say it. Um, she starts. She's the realist she's been the entire movie with her husband and. Mm. I loved that, and by the end, I was like, um, you know, it's cool that she wants to stay in this marriage, because finally, she feels comfortable enough in her own body to be able to start being real with Jacob, and, you know, she doesn't not love him, she loves him, she's just tired of the routine, and she's tired of the place that she found her, she finds herself in, and so I was, I was great with it, up until the very end, where they they planted a seed of mistrust all over again. Um, the very last shot? The very last shot yeah. where they're sitting on the couch and she's like, well, no, I want to stay this way. I'm going to be a vampire. And and Jacob's like, well, I'm never going to be able to trust you. But they go in for a kiss and, you know, Jacob has a stake in his hand. Yeah. And her and fangs Barbara, come out. Barbara's fangs <laughs> come out. And it's like, yeah. well, uh, assumedly at this moment, they're just going to kiss as man and wife. But what happens a year down the road or six months down the road when they're in the same position and they he still has a stake in his hand? And I think it kind of undid a lot of what the movie was building up to. Yeah, and, it was. it did feel a little bit like a betrayal for, I don't know what it was in sake of, or like if they want to do a sequel or if they thought it would be a good horror movie ending where, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you thought it was resolved. Just kidding. Which is, you know, that's what a lot of horror movies do, you know? So, yeah. Um, and I mean, and I, and I loved, I loved the movie and I loved all of it up until that point. And, and maybe it's just didn't sit right with me because I love a happy ending, especially, you know, <laughs> even if it's a vampire movie about a husband and wife, just trying yeah, yeah. to uh, come back to, uh, you know, ground zero where they could start fresh again. And what I loved about what they were trying to do to build back that, um, you know, the honeymoon, f- build back the honeymoon phase that they had back in the day where Barbara felt like she was a, somebody, an individual. And uh, yeah, that whole last scene was just, I don't know, it felt like it was undoing a little bit of that. And yeah, yeah, for for whatever reason it was, and maybe it was just like the realist, the realness of you know her being a vampire and him being a minister, and not being able to eventually deal with that, which is kind of a bummer. But, um, yeah, I on that note, like I think I wanted, 
like the all the stuff with them like staying together in the end i did like but i part of me wanted for uh, for the journey of them getting to that point i wanted barbara to be a cougar like in the like when she turns into a vampire like there's a there's a small scene where she like looks at uh this young hot waiter as they're mm-hmm. they're like out to dinner and there's a small implication that she looks at this young guy like with hungry eyes and uh, larry fastened notices and he's like uh time to go you know <laughs> yeah um and i was like oh cool she's gonna like go fuck this waiter in the bathroom or something you know she's gonna like start <laughs> sowing her oats you know <laughs> yeah and i think like, i wanted yeah. i wanted her to have a, a part in this movie in the middle where she she indulges like her new freedom and confidence and even if it's betraying her marriage and you know i, I don't know they could do it in other ways too but i felt like um you know maybe out of that her coming back and realizing that she cares about her marriage still like i felt like that would have been more interesting for me to watch but um yeah I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I I see what you're saying, and I I took it as um, I I kind of wanted that too. Um, but I was firmly on the side of you know she never truly wanted out of the marriage. She just yeah. wanted the courage to be able to uh, establish herself as um her own person again, and not not feel um feel beholden to Jacob and make his breakfast every morning because that's what routine says or not being the, yeah. you know, the, the right hand when it comes to an inner alcoholic intervention or, you know, being talked over all the time and stuff. Um, so I was okay with that, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah. And, <laughs> and more to the point is um, what they showed in the trailer and what made me so excited for the movie was in the trailer was that, that building up to Anne being much more. But yeah. after the trailer, I mean, a lot of the shots that were in the trailer were in the movie um, other than the grand finale, basically. And, it, you know, it never gets to this level of escalation where Barbara's a vampire now and she's going wild, you know, yeah. and that it, it never got to that. And <clears throat> I was, um, I think the shame of it was, Everything that the movie, everything that the trailer showed the movie was about, like, those were all the key shots in the movie, Uh, you know, with, with filler trail, with filler scenes in between. Trailers are the worst, Dale. They just, they're, they don't do anyone any good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Unless they're like the type of trailer that is like giving you no story and it's just very good at being uh, evocative of a feeling. Those Mm -hmm. are the best kind of trailers that don't like... They don't share any plot. They just sort of, you know, maybe they paint a character and get you yeah. in, get you out, you know, just enough. <laughs> but man, I mean, because it, like it depends on who's cutting that trail. Like it's like, what, yeah. what, what is there? What are they trying to um, manipulate you into thinking this movie is, you know, and it, mm-hmm. you know, and it, that depends on who's marketing it. It's not necessarily the director, you know. <laughs> what I want to say about the, like the vampirism shown in this, I yeah. I thought was a wonderful as a wonderful depiction of vampirism, and not just the master and the monstrous looking vampire, um, but just the way you know a vampire feeds, and it's much more like visceral especially with barbara being a brand new vampire i mean she just like rips the head off the neighbor and just fucking like goes face first into the neck 
neck vessels you know what i yeah. mean and she just like she's drinking from that neck until she just starts licking the blood off the floor and i <laughs> like there was something so primal about that like if you're a vampire who has all the power in the world and you don't care about the mortal living next door to you you know how would you like if you're hungry for your first feeding or something man just rip the yeah. dude's head off and just go to town I, I really appreciated the amount of blood they pumped out of that guy's neck and it just sprayed like right at the camera lens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did yeah, it a yeah, couple yeah. times. Like when the, when the master dies, they do that like sort of, I just watched the lost boys. So I'm thinking of it, but that like black water comes pouring out of the master when <laughs> he gets staked. How about that neighbor? She murders the neighbor and seemingly yeah. gets away with it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's like some a, weird. That's some weirdness. There was that. There was a nut. Was that a different neighbor that called the police like later in the movie? Like, because she, she saw them bring the body home. No, that's actually the neighbor's wife. It is. Isn't it she? is only only because it's in a deleted <laughs> scene. I watched the deleted scenes. Oh, from, yeah. So what was supposed to happen there? Because she didn't seem worried that her husband disappeared. <laughs> so, um. When Barbara is, when Anne is walking home from the, um, from the foundry and uh-huh. Jacob leaves her and says, I'm going home and she's oh, yeah. walking home on that dark road and that truck picks her up. That's actually the neighbor's wife out looking for the neighbor because she oh. assumes he's out drunk somewhere, but she's, he was already been killed in, in Anne's kitchen. Yeah. Okay. And in so the deleted I, I, scene, she's like, I can't believe I'm out looking for him. And Barbara's yeah. like looking guilty in the passenger seat, like, uh, oh, okay. you know, All right. and it's like 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing with Jacob. I wanted his faith to be more of a thing because that that bugged me when she kills the neighbor and he he comes in and sees the neighbor, you know, there's blood all over the kitchen. She's drinking it from the floor, <laughs> which was a great shot. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Uh, I was like, and then he just immediately starts helping and like, he like stakes him. But like at that point, well, I was that, I guess he was attacked by the vampire by that point. So I guess he knew the vampires were a thing, but Mm. still, I don't know. Like I didn't get his reaction to, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on what your, your life is like with your husband or wife, (laughs) whether or not. Mm you come home to see that they murdered the neighbor and how, like if you would help them cover it up or not, I don't know. <laughs> but to me, that was like, but he's like a man yeah. of the cloth. Like that's like, yeah. you know, his wife just committed murder. Clearly, uh, you know, that, that was a, that rang a little weird to me. Like I wanted him to have way more conflict with that stuff. Um, yeah. because of who he was for all that, the, uh, the power couple that they are, you know, they, uh, they're still caught like bringing in a dead body from the trunk of the car in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the, the scene where she is like draining the old woman of blood in the, in the kitchen or in the living room into the buckets and, uh, oh, yeah. the brother-in-law and sister-in-law walk in. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that scene where the cadaver was hanging there was incredible. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely had some great effects people on on this movie. Yeah, everything worked for me. I was I was totally suckered into the you know um, Barbara trying to find herself and trying to speak up for herself and not be um, talked over and not being mm-hmm. you know ordered for 
and uh, but still wanting to be in a marriage because she still loved the man that she ultimately fell in love with 40 years ago. And she's she's changed, you know, her wild teen high schooler ways, but she was still very much in love with Jacob and, you know, getting the the vampirism empowering her, I think, really worked on the level where she she wanted to remain married, but she just needed <laughs> she needed vampirism to help push her into uh, the confidence to say, you know, she doesn't want to be talked over and she uh, wants to order her own food and that and, and yeah. that kind of and that kind of stuff, which I liked. But ultimately, yeah, it was. um you know, his faith, obviously, he's a minister and he's, you know, he's, he calls um, this vampirism her punishment and she's got to carry that around. And like, it's, uh, oh, yeah. it never, that was a, that was a good scene. I like that. Where yeah. And it's they never sort of had it out. They had it out. And, but that's always going to be there. You know, it's always going to, he's not going to stop believing that no matter what kind of independence, like no matter what kind of woman he likes because she's a vampire and she's confident and she, you know, she, he likes her that she has her own identity and stuff like that. But I mean, she's, he's still going to harbor this, that she's the devil, that she's a product of a demon. And, um, you know, uh, she almost, she, she kissed somebody and would have went further if she wasn't attacked by a vampire. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's complicated. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I think what you just said there is probably like, you know, for the character, the problems I have with the characters is that I feel like they don't, especially Jacob doesn't live up to who he is. The per, the person they paint in the beginning, like it feels like he's, he sort of like tones it down. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, how about, um, what's her name? Uh, who played the master? Bonnie Aarons? Oh yeah, Bonnie Aarons. I just watched Mulholland Drive. She She's in it for like five seconds. Oh, <laughs> I was I, like, yeah, oh my god! <laughs> I, I did see that in her letterbox. So I was like, Chuck, yeah. just watch that. Yeah, she just plays like a a terrifying street person. Like they they go out the back of a restaurant and look behind a dumpster, and she's like all made up there, and you just see her like horrifying face for like <laughs> a half a second, and it's like oh, and that's that's like it. <laughs> but she's in. Uh, she she plays the the is it the nun character in in the nun. In the Nun, and like the Conjuring movies, like who I always thought was Marilyn Manson. She's got a great face, but she she fit that. So we should say the mat. This master character is like uh, looks like the classic Nosferatu, um, you know, from the twenties or the Salem's Lot vampire. Um, yeah. So she's like got the bald head and the elf ears, and you know the two, the, the fangs right up front. <laughs> yeah, the two front right up front fangs. Yeah, she's kind of. She's kind of blue, right? Was she kind of blue? She's kind of blue. Yeah. Yeah. Like Salem's Lot. She's pretty um, She's pretty epic, though. Yeah. 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 And I liked her style, too. She had that big trench coat, the cool collar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she went down pretty easy, which is uh, a shame. But, you know, you're just, they're just mortals. They're not vampire hunters. They're, they yeah. have like fence, fence posts for stakes and they're doing what they can. Yeah, and that that was the other thing. Like, I guess that's what it's like. What it, the connection to the bishop's wife? Because she, the master vampire, like, she kept talking to Barbara, like, you know, like I picked you for a reason. Like, I want you to, yeah, you know, like, like she like Professor X. Like, she's got 
she's got like humans all over the the world she's gonna <laughs> turn into vampires because they're they're being uh, oppressed <laughs> yeah they're I like yeah, that right. idea <laughs> yeah that's like you know what her mission was when she became you know she was oppressed until she was finally set free and yeah um that that was her mission that's what it seemed like i mean she was talking to barbara like this is why i'm paying special attention to you you have a yeah. chance to you know be a god and not have <laughs> to uh worry about like being tossed over anymore this is why you need to make that decision yeah yoli oh yeah what are our listeners uh we got some, some listener reactions because people watch along with us dale it's insane yeah Bit of a slow burn starts off feeling more like you're watching a drama, but when it starts to pick up, it really goes four stars by Yoli. Imagine if Marriage Story had vampires and was fun. <laughs> That's by a uh, friend of the show, Jay Whale. Jay Whale. <laughs> I never saw a Marriage Story. Me neither. I'm not watching Marriage Story. Yeah, I'm not That's, watching that shit. That's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I'm almost, I guess how people are like terrified of horror movies. I'm terrified of like uh, relationship movies. Yeah, yeah, um, no, completely, yeah. Because it's just like, man, I don't want that in my head. I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't want that pit. <laughs> we're all, we're already all, we're all going through, we're all in different places, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't need someone else's uh, fantasy or horror show, you know, that they put on <laughs> to film in my head. You said it. <laughs> you said it, Chuck. Do we have any listener feedback, Dale? It's been two weeks. I hope the buckets aren't too full. I know. That's what I'm worried about, too. I will let you know as soon as I bring it up. Remember to send your feedback to batandspiderpod at gmail.com. You could also call the official Bat and Spider hotline at 315-544-0966. First one up from Severin Deer... Deer Dale and Chuck or Chuck and Dale. I haven't watched a movie covered on the podcast in a while, so I'm going to go back and watch the covered movies I haven't seen. That's all. Farewell podcast duo. Also, what what order do I put your names when mentioning the podcast? Should I say Chuck and Dale or Dale and Chuck? Severin, you got to follow your heart, man. Yeah. You don't want to ask us that. I mean, you'll get five different answers. Yeah. Or two. At least two different answers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, do what Dale says. Follow your heart, Sev. Sev. Every time he every time you say uh we got an email from Severn, I think it's um Severn Films. Yeah. That their PR department reaching out to us. Uh trying to sell me their their monthly batch. Oh, Chuck, they got me good on vacation. A couple daiquiris. I listen in. to that podcast too, and I'm I'm my my mouse finger is itchy. Itchy. Right? Did you listen to April's podcast? I did. I really, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to get The Siege for sure. And that other movie. Um, the Siege sounds the, crazy. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect I never movie even heard of this movie Chuck. before, but now yeah, I need it. I know. It's been, I'm bananas for it. Bananas for The Siege. <laughs> uh, next up from Tim Hamilton, TJ Hamilton on the Instagram Arcade. I'm going to watch it tonight while you are recording. The high school I went to in rural New York State was right next to the bowling alley. Thus, we went bowling as part of PE class. While us 8th graders waited around for our turn to awkwardly throw a gutter ball, we snuck over to the new addition to the establishment, the arcade. 
We watched as the seniors played Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man and Centipede. They would run out of quarters and punch the machine before looking at us and shouting, you dweebs got any quarters? Give us your money. (laughs) We all shook our heads and said we had none, which of course we did, but now we couldn't play Mr. Pac-Man because the seniors were angrily keeping an eye on us. An arcade always makes me think of this. Love the show, Tim. Wow. Great memory, Tim. Wow. Holy moly. That painted a picture in my head. Yeah. But I was a little confused that you even had change because I was imagining you guys in your like uh, high school gym uniforms and those things don't have pockets. I have no way. The shorts and the yeah sweatshirts. No way. No way, man. No way. But maybe they let them go bowling in their, in their civilian clothes. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I um. That's the one thing I did in high school. I was in bowling club for my senior year. You had a bowling club? We had a bowling club, yeah. It was, wow. uh, it ran like a couple, you know, stretches. There was like, you know, fall bowling club and, and spring bowling club, I think. And Man, that sounds fun. Once a week, you would, uh, you would be able to get on the school bus after school and they would take you to the bowling alley. Then they would take Golly. you back to the school. If you could drive over there, you could. And, uh, since I didn't do anything in school, I think ultimately senior year, I signed up for a bowling club. You were like, like this is going to get me into Harvard. This on my resume. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I finally have something else to put on my resume. Finally. <laughs> Extracurriculars. Oh, bowling club. Yeah, I feel like some of that... I mean, God, who knows if my school had bowling club because I, I wasn't paying attention. Maybe it yeah. did. I, I would have... If I was a smarter kid, I, I would have joined bowling club. Just had some fun. Just had, It's just fun, you know? Yeah. You go to the bowling alley and put on some uh, November rain on the jukebox. Mm. <laughs> God. Next up, Hobo Salary. Hobo. Hey, hey, Chuck and Dale. Just wanted to say thanks for the heads up on that arcade was on Tubi. It's one of my fife's, one of my wife's favorite childhood movies. Whoa. Wow. I surprised her last Friday with a bunch of snacks and the movie. I'm not sure what... <laughs> I'm not sure what looked more laughable, those radical computer graphics or Seth Green's hair. <laughs> Seriously, though, Arcade makes Lawnmower Man looks like Arcade makes Lawnmower Man look like Avatar. And speaking <laughs> of reboot, Chuck, do you remember when Mulder and Scully showed up in an episode of Reboot? No. Whoa. Holy Moses. Oh, I almost diarrheaed my duvet that Saturday morning. <laughs> Pop culture crossover of se- of the century, probably. Wow. Oh my God. I got to track that down. I hope it's on YouTube. I'm I'm trying to imagine if they, Mulder and Scully were CGI characters or if they were like on a screen. Yeah. They were like in the, in front yeah. of all the other action in a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. All these, all these emails have been, uh, yeah. Simmering. Top tier. Yeah. They've been in the pressure cooker for two weeks too. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're right. Full of, fl- full of flavor. Next up is some spam in our inbox. Um, that's not cool, Gmail. Ugh. Spam. Next up, TJ Hamilton. <laughs> He's back. He's back. So glad you saw Prophecy, Dale. I saw this when I was young, so I missed all the pregnancy themes you picked up on. But boy, did we laugh when that guy or gal tried to hop away from the monster bear in his sleeping bag only to be smashed against a rock and turned into exploding, semi-bloody down feathers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the greatest scene in the movie. I mean, that is... <laughs> I gotta see that. <laughs> keep rocking, Tim. Next up is... Friend of the show, Art. 
Mm. Art was with us for the watch party too, wasn't he? Yeah. Welcome, Art. Uh, yeah, yeah. He is. He's starting to. Um, I think it. I don't want to speak out of school, but I think he accidentally got a uh, year subscription of Shutter because <laughs> he forgot to cancel it. <laughs> yes. He may have gotten trouble. May have gotten trouble with the, his better half, but but what? But it's good for us because it means yeah. Art is now <laughs> completely plugged in for the next year. Yeah, so why waste the subscription? <laughs> Am I right, Art? Got to get in yeah. there. Greetings to my bat and spider besties. Dropping a line to you that while I'm not able to hit every watch, I adoringly listen to every episode every week. I try and sneak in a movie from the episode list when I can. In the last few months, I loved catching up with Witchfinder General, Martin, mm. Plan 9, both Cat and People movies, and Ganja and Hess. Also nabbed this hammer box set, and I'm ready to dive in. Thanks for pulling us all along on your journey. How about the universal appeal of tonight's feature, Jacob's Wife? The missus and I struggled to agree on horror flicks. For instance, she bailed on Joe Bob's drive-in last Friday real quick. <laughs> but we both really dug with this. But we both really dug with this. It's scary, funny, and had a nice message tucked inside it. Agree, Art. Lastly, can I put a movie on your radar? It's super hard to find, but if you can check out 1977's Roller Coaster. Haven't seen this one since I was a kid, but I've never forgotten. A creepy weirdo terrorizes amusement parks by blowing up roller coasters while George Seagal and Henry Fonda track him down. Was a cheap also ran at the tail end of those 70s disaster movies, and I think it's perfect for the Bat and Spire catalog. Anywho, be well, my brothers. Love you guys and your amazing show, your pal, Art. Art. Need I remind everyone that Art is the one that recommended Bad Ronald to us, and that is top That's tier right. Bat and Spider. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's, oh, I just looked, Roller Coaster is not available anywhere. So. Aww. We'll either have to uh, see if there's a Blu-ray or look on the dark web. Yeah, which I can't. I can't talk about the dark web, or we'll get shut down. We got to put up our VPN to even talk it, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But George Seagal, I mean, that sold me. I mean, rest in peace. He just rest passed away a few weeks ago. Um, I I I got really excited though at first because I thought it was going to be about like a haunted roller coaster that kills yeah, people. <laughs> I know. And I was like, oh god, I can't wait to see how. <laughs> like the convoluted ways, you know, a roller coaster could kill people. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just stuck on that track. What's it going to yeah. do? <laughs> it's like uh, Christine, but on on tracks, on rails. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool art. Yeah. And that's a good point. I'm glad uh, you and the missus uh, enjoyed Jacob's wife. It might be a good, might be a good uh, like date night movie. Um, yeah, you and your your significant other. That's yeah. awesome. Because it is nice. I mean, it it does have a nice mess. You know, it's like you know they decide to stay together in the end. That is yeah, kind of a, and work through it. Yeah, I, that, I did like that, and that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, your wife got along with it. Art, that's awesome to hear. That's that's also awesome that she even attempted to watch Joe Bob's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, man. that's something else. Woo. Especially that. That first one, Mother's Day, Charles Band movie. I got to go back and watch that. It's It was, I mean, I'm adding it into the positive uh, Band Brothers list, actually, because it's kind of enjoyable. But yeah, there's stuff in there that I wouldn't make 
anyone watch because uh, it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, that is. And it, well, at least it goes in your, uh, you know, top shelf band brother, because I didn't realize you it was band brother until you said it. And I had to like record scratch uh, band brother. Yeah, they did this whole bit because it was it's Charles band. It's not the. Wait, oh, it's not the, the full other band. Moon. Yeah, it's not the main guy who's still running it. I guess this guy. He may after this one he like left and did other things, but now he runs a, like a, a huge bakery business in San Diego. Holy so crap. Joe Bob had like all this bread shipped in from the bakery, and he was munching on it throughout the well, first half of the, the last drive. <laughs> but I was like, I kept seeing the the basket of bread, and it's just like, why is the bread 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 bread? Why is that there? <sighs> Next up, subject final final edit from our friend Mister Cablasto. My special boys, I literally recorded this 7 to 12 times, and then they just took clips from each edit and pieced them together. I also then sped up the recording because it was so dang long, and as a result, it made me sound like Lex Luthor himself, Jesse Eisenberg. I apologize in advance for what you're about to hear. <laughs> okay. So, in celebration of your annual one year of Bat and Spider, which I missed, I figured I'd call into a sincere, no joke, uh, voicemail, which <laughs> pains me to do, but let's see if I can do it. So, I figured I'd call in and say some nice words instead of some rude words or joke words. I know, Chuck, you're already clenching your buttocks, waiting for me to start making <laughs> jokes. That's slide whistle on hand. But uh, this is I'm probably my seventh it. recording, so getting kind of tired, and I'm just going to get done with it. I wrote down some things because the first one was six minutes, and it was just me insulting everyone so well not insulting but making jokes yeah the podcast is still good after a year good job you guys are doing a good job the podcast is good it's, i don't know if it's better but it's consistent i'd say it's been consistently good it's probably better i don't know anyway who am i to judge regardless speaking of judging it's funny chuck said something to me through discord about how all of my opinions are shit like for each and every episode or something like that something similar i can't remember verbatim but uh good job guys keep it up Something about how we have differing opinions on horror movies. Um, regardless, I still really enjoy the podcast. And sometimes the certain movies I won't even end up seeing just due to time restrictions or I'll see way later. Uh, other movies I'll see ahead of time and think they're completely awful or really enjoy them. And then you guys have a different opinion. But regardless, I still really enjoy the podcast. So what I'm saying is I'm the bigger man here. And uh, <laughs> I've, I've grown as a person. Um, even if uh, Chuck has his hangups, I can get past this and still enjoy the fact that we can agree to disagree so oh. i guess i need to try this again because that wasn't very nice or sincere to quote the great poet daniel zig from my favorite band the misfit i'll be seeing you again i'll be seeing you in hell uh, that was the only line i could find that sounded like something you would say to someone else at the end of a voicemail uh, i didn't mean to insult you i just wanted to mention my favorite band oh yeah this is kevin the end Wow. Is that his first voicemail? Well, I mean, first in his genuine voice, maybe. Chuck, your implications right now. <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm not, I don't, I have no true, I have no facts on hand, no proof of anything. Just saying. He's a jokester, as you can hear. Mm -hmm. His mind is like a, a roadrunner. He cycles through the jokes uh, faster than I can comprehend them. That's why, Chuck, that's why 
He's up there and we're down here, okay? <laughs> this is just the natural order, okay? I know, I know. We should be so lucky. Wow. No, I mean, we are lucky that we- uh, We're lucky. He just sent us that voicemail. I can't believe it. I feel honored that he uh, broke out of his whatever headquarters he's locked up in. Yeah. Cablasto, that means a lot and we love you. You know that. You know that. Thank you for the voicemail. I speak for Chuck, too. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chuck Forsman, and I'm of sound mind. No, stop it. Stop it. I won't say anything to him, because he, he'll he'll use it against me. He's good at that. Yeah. He knows fodder. what he's doing. He uses that as fodder. It's sickening. Um, Chuck, that Kevin Cablasso was the last bit of, you know... Listener feedback? Listener feedback, as you say. Ghoul mail? Should we call it ghoul mail? Yeah. <laughs> um, so now on to the segment, the sego that we, uh, we what do we got to do? Oh. We got to pick a movie. Whose turn is it? Um, is it technically your turn? Well, I'm unprepared, so. Yes. Let me, <laughs> let me take a, a gander. Back to good old days. All right, 500 minutes later, I picked a movie. Yes. <clears throat> what goes on in this nursery isn't for kids. 1973's The Baby, directed by Ted Post. Oh. A social worker who recently lost her husband investigates the strange Wadsworth family. The Wadsworths might not seem too unusual to hear about them at first, consisting of the mother, two grown daughters, and the diaper-clad, bottle-sucking baby. The problem is, the baby is 21 years old. Spoilers. <laughs> oh my god. I've heard uh, bits and pieces uh, about this movie throughout the years. Always wanted to see it. Um, and I see it's now on Shudder, Tubi, the Arrow store, the Arrow channel, so holy moly. Um, wow. Yeah, meant to be. We're going to do it, Dale. We're going to watch the baby. I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is exciting we'll to me. This, yeah. this we'll poster. Do our best not, we'll do our best not to kink shame anyone <laughs> involved in this movie. Yeah. No, this is a safe space for all, all your kinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dale. Let's do it. Let's go to the early 70s and watch something weird. It's my favorite time. Looks like Ted posted a bunch of um, did hang them high. He did a bunch of westerns. It looks like. Yeah. Oh yeah. He did Magnum Force. I love Magnum Force. Oh yeah, so. Magnum Force. There. Wow. Great. Okay. Well, Chuck, I'll see you then. Um, post the baby. Yeah. Yeah. If we survive. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Man. Good luck watching that one. In your house. If you dare. If you dare. All right, Dale. Wow, we've been recording a, a while. Chuck, we got to cut it. Let's cut this. Welcome back, Dale. I love you. I love you, buddy. Never leave me again. Never. Won't happen. Okay.
Our theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.